Look at my butt. Show number 279 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Well, listeners, we are overcoming technology as usual, and I want to say this might be the last podcast we record on your your old computer, which has served us so well over the years. That's right, but we finally did too much and we killed it. Yeah, so hopefully next time (laughs) um, there might be a a newish computer ready to serve us, which would be really good. That would be good. Yeah, it it will make us happier. Anyway, uh, so here we are, and we're, we're talking about stuff. We've got some good Bill stuff. We've got some other things, but... First, we're going to talk about some emails from you guys, because we do get emails and comments from you guys, and we love to get information and questions and comments and all those things. And I think, I believe I had promised we were going to do a whole bunch, and when I started digging through them, oh my God, I went, I need several days to do this, because I've been so <laughs> lax about it. So we're not going to do them, uh, the whole bunch of them today, but there is one I do want to read because it sinks right in with something we have been talking about, which is Bill's latest divorce. Now, this came from a friend of ours. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her screen name is Ruby Pearl, and we met her many years ago, if you all remember, when we went to Shatner Weekend and, you know, saw the filming of Boston Legal mm-hmm. and everything. So she, um, she is like super, super Bill fan. At the time when we were all trying to collect VHS tapes of all these things Bill had done, she had them all. So anyway, she writes, and I love this because she agrees with me. My theory is that his divorce is in name only for the purpose of circumventing California's community property provisions when he passes away. And obviously, she's done some research or knows about this. If divorced, 100% of his estate can go to his kids and grandkids. If married, only 50% of his estate can be willed to his kids and grandkids. If I'm understanding it correctly, and that's a big if. Okay. (laughs) Follow this logic. One, he, and that's in all caps, filed for the divorce. Red flag and actually the major reason for my theory. Two, his concerns about money and taking care of his family. Mm-hmm. Three, still wearing his wedding ring. Minor point, maybe he can't get it off. <laughs> A few days ago was the second time that I noticed since the divorce, he's referred to my wife in an interview or article. First was GalaxyCon, as you two also noticed. Yes. Second was this June 3rd article, <laughs> and she linked to it, and I linked to it with something we had already read. So we got all those covered. She said, at first, my thought was, oh, how sweet. He still refers to Elizabeth as his wife. Mm-hmm. But he's the one that filed for the divorce. Did I refer to my ex as my husband after I filed for divorce? Hell No. And we are with you 200% on that. (laughs) Five, either he or she has found someone else. In either case, one wouldn't refer to your ex as my wife. Or they divorced for economic reasons, i.e. my theory. Okay, there are other reasons, but I'm hung up on this one at the moment. And Mm -hmm. the reasons for their divorce aren't open for public discussion. Unless this is the reason. Questions. (laughs) Is Bill such a shrewd businessman that this might be possible? Answer, yep. (laughs) Two, why would Elizabeth agree? Answer, he'd make provisions for her in a new will. And I'm going to throw in, or settle some money on her now outright, like a large sum. You know, the reports we got on the Mm -hmm. divorce, she was getting property and everything. So I'm going to take it as that's already happened. Mm -hmm. Three, is this totally off the wall? Answer, yep. (laughs) But this would be irrelevant if she had filed for the divorce, would never have given it a second thought. How sad. (laughs) Okay, guess I'm stuck here in the house with nothing better to do than ponder the mysteries of William Shatner's divorce. Ha! Now that's sad also. Okay, Ruby Pearl, I have to say, I think you are absolutely on the mark, and we really appreciate you having done some research into these uh, parameters of what you can and can't do with your money when you've uh, been divorced. 
I agree. I, I think this is a great analysis. And frankly, I hadn't thought about that before. So I, I agree. I think given what we know about his situation and his family, it makes a hell of a lot of sense for him to do that. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense for him to do it. It's it's actually really funny to me because it sort of recapitulates the Boston legal plot line. Yes. But in reverse, right? Right. <laughs> so uh, it's just him looking out for it. And, you know, when she says, is Bill such a, a financial genius? I don't think it's him. I think it was probably his accountant or his estate manager or somebody who said. Or, or his or lawyers, lawyers or somebody yes. like that. Yeah, the people he consults on his finances. Because I think he wants to either leave the bulk of his estate to the kids and grandkids and, you know, the rest to her, or she knows all she is getting is what they just settled on in their in-name-only divorce, mm-hmm. and everything else is going to the, the kids yeah. and grandkids. But essentially, if the situation is we're going to get all the legal stuff sorted out now, but nothing's actually going to change for either of them, then fine. I mean, it doesn't change anything. And now it's one less thing for them to have to worry about, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, certainly, you know, legal stuff after someone passes away is horrible to have to go through. And when it's a rich person, Mm -hmm. it's even worse because you never know what's going to come up. So to get it settled now makes a lot of sense. The one thing that sort of uh, maybe interferes a little with this theory is they were separated mm. for several months. I'm assuming that's a legal separation yeah. that we're talking about. And would they necessarily have to do that? California doesn't require that, does I it? I have no idea. I mean, oh, maybe. Okay. I don't know yeah, either. Maybe for the, for him it does, and, and maybe there was some <laughs> thing about it. The special William Shatner divorce law. Yeah, they enacted it just for him and his Right, wife. and that... The thing that made me think they were having problems, now this was before they were divorced, is he was never mentioning her Mm -hmm. anywhere, and they hadn't been seen together at any of his things in quite some time. It's possible, but who knows? It could all be a a giant show that, you know, (laughs) because maybe it's frowned upon to do that kind of uh, legal thing where you're getting a divorce, but you're actually not intending it you know i don't know but people have done that before you you hear about people doing this i don't know but i love it i think it's a great thing and uh in no way would i ever ask him about it but i like to think about it very much <laughs> yes yes i i would not bring that up with him that's something you know we'll find out later through gossip oh i'm sure i'm sure somebody <laughs> somewhere will find out the truth and then we'll we'll find out about it so yeah that's great yes. thank you very much uh ruby pearl for sharing your theory with us i think we all appreciate that kind of deep and creative thought about what's going on in <laughs> bill's life especially when he does puzzling things like keep talking about his wife when they're supposed to be divorced yes now, one other, so moving on to another super puzzling thing, and this Ruby Pearl also turned me on to, was apparently Mike Tyson <laughs> has a podcast. And I guess you can listen to it, but you also, I guess, can watch it. You know, they're b- being filmed. And it's like watching a radio mm-hmm. show, you know, where they're sitting at a table with the headphones and everything. And she was going, this is stunning. You guys have to listen to it. It's incredible. And I was like, okay, okay. So I went and listened to the thing, which is fairly recent. And I'm kind of going, when do we get to the stunning parts? <laughs> but first, you got to know this. I'm going to tell you everything I know, know or knew about Mike Tyson before listening mm-hmm. to this. I knew he's a fighter. Mm-hmm. I knew he bit off somebody's yep. ear. I know he's a convicted rapist. Mm-hmm. And I know... Um, what was the other thing? Oh, he has kind of a high voice and a lisp. I know one other thing about him, and that's he, ra- he okay. raises pigeons. Okay. So between us, there's five yeah. things. Well, apparently, what I'm getting from this podcast and from the comments, because this podcast was so uninteresting that I just started reading the comments. <laughs> <laughs> there's a thousand or more. And... He has a huge fan base, mm-hmm. apparently, from these comments, who adore him. And apparently he's quite the philosopher. <laughs> For real? To them. Okay. And 
the thing, and uh, these people, most of them know nothing about William Shatner. Mm-hmm. So um, at the very beginning of the podcast, the guy who sort of co-podcasts with Mike Tyson, and this is apparently supposed to keep things in order, said, uh, uh, Mr. Shatner, no, call me Bill. Bill, it's, you know, such an honor to have you on here. And he told him very briefly this little memory he had of watching Star Trek with his dad. And Bill goes, well, that's a wonderful memory to have. But what I want to talk about... <laughs> Let me shill. You Let know, me shill. No, he didn't shill until the very, very, very end of this hour and 15-minute wow. discussion. okay. He is a huge fan of Mike Tyson. Wow. And he knew all kinds of stuff about him. And he's asking him, and they get into, you know... Well, Mike, why do you feel that way about <laughs> fighting? And, you know, just Bill really drawing it out of him. And people are going, man, Shatner should have been a psychiatrist. Shatner should have a uh-huh. talk show. And I'm going, he's had a talk we know, show. We know. And so, you know, that's, that's the big deal. But there was really nothing really that I could see that revealed anything about Bill. Hmm. It was Bill interviewing Mike Tyson, who I couldn't give two hoots <laughs> about. So... I'm 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 really puzzled at what Ruby Pearl found in this that uh, she thought was so amazing and and important for you and me to listen to. Uh, hmm. I wonder if I should listen to it just to see. I I could certainly see listening to it while I'm like doing the dishes or something else. Uh, Your dishes will suddenly become so well, interesting. Well, yeah, to exactly. You. you know that might be a good thing. Hmm. Yeah, maybe you'll have a totally different. Input, okay. insight, well, whatever. I, I'll put it on my, my list of things to do because I'd like to hear it. And I think it is interesting when Bill interviews other people because he is. He's right. really, really good at getting people to talk and like that. Um, on his Twitter feed, he did promote this a little bit, but not too much. And mm-hmm. people were... Uh, not slamming him, but saying, oh, you always say you won't do podcasts, and now you're on this podcast with Mike Tyson. And he said, Uh, well, it's a different sort of thing. It's not like going on to talk about, you know, Star Trek Trek or whatever (laughs) other people want to talk about. It's a a totally different kind of thing. It was interesting. I, I should have pulled it up. But in one of the comments that he made about podcasts, people were saying, if you go on a podcast with a good podcast host you're not necessarily going to be talking about uh, Star Trek or various other things. You could get into a discussion about whatever you want to. You know, you could have a topic and then Mm -hmm. you would discuss it. And he said, yes, that's absolutely true, but that's not how I want to do it. If I'm going to be doing public appearances, I am doing them for a reason, to promote a book or a a record Mm -hmm. or a movie. And that's what I want to talk about. And then I want to be finished with it. And you know, this absolutely is not that. And this is not that. But I, I totally take his point. You know, at this point in his life mm-hmm. and his career, he doesn't have time to spend an hour talking about whatever. He wants to do mm-hmm. his shilling. He's got other stuff to do. And spending an hour shooting the shit with some podcast host like, you know, mm-hmm. horrible Joe Rogan is not in his best interest at this point. So I agree. There were a couple interesting things in this. One I did find interesting. Uh, I think maybe towards the end, they get to talking about horses. Mm. And they are both into horses. Mm. And Mike Tyson is trying to buy this horse whose name I cannot even pronounce, even if I see it spelled out. It's one of those kind of names. But this is a type of horse Bill had never heard of. And they showed a picture. And it's this sort of golden-colored horse whose uh, coat has a shimmer to it and they're both going isn't that beautiful and they're tearing up over the beauty of this horse (laughs) Uh so you know that was kind of interesting and you know a way they could connect but the other thing is and this happens I don't know maybe half hour into it because so many people mentioned this in the comments oh my god my head would explode and (laughs) Ruby Pearl said you got to go to you know this point you know 30 dot whatever and it's where they're talking about um I don't even remember what but Bill says something like well if you take your emotions away out of that and and uh Tyson says no don't take my emotions away I'll kill you and everybody's going, if Mike Tyson said, I'll kill you too, I would be running for the hills and everything. And, and they're saying, and you could see Bill back off. And at that point, I really started paying attention. And I'm going, I'm not getting that. 
Maybe I'm immune to Mike Tyson or something. So, yeah, if you want to listen to it, I I would love to hear what you or anybody else has to say about okay. this. Because I feel like I'm letting Ruby Pearl All down. All right, well, let's, uh, let's see. I, I will put it on my list. I'll do it sometime this weekend, and then we can... Um, poll our listeners if they have the time to go and listen to it so i will find the link and i'll put it in the show notes and uh, maybe we can come to a, a group consensus as to what that would what be great this thing is and what it represents what the hell <laughs> what is it <laughs> cool so there's that <laughs> i i want to uh before i forget just tell everyone that bill speaking of william shatner the man that we all love and admire is mm-hmm. totally hooked into these Galaxy Con people because he's doing another one and it's on Oh, I didn't know about I another just one. Read okay, about when is it this? Today. Yes, it um it's going to be Saturday, August 29th. And okay. it's going to be 2 p.m. Eastern time, which is a little bit later than it typically is, so that's um 11 a.m. Pacific mm-hmm. time, and he's going to be doing it with Henry Winkler. <gasps> oh, how fun! So that should be really good. Uh, they're going to be together, but not together. Uh-huh. Um, it, you can also do the usual thing, like you can pay extra to do a one-on-one chat with you and Bill or you and Henry right. and autographs and things like that. But yeah, apparently they're going to be doing it together. So I'm kind of excited about that. And as always, it's free. Yes, yes, yes. All you have to do is register for it and you'll be there. And then I'm sure they'll have questions like they typically do. And it should be great. I'm pretty excited about that. So August 29th, everybody sign up and do it. Okay. You know, I'm wondering if as soon as the pandemic got really rolling and everybody was on quarantine and shut down, if uh, GalaxyCon was really smart and said, let's do these and let's do them before CreationCon thinks of it and sign these people to exclusives. I for, think they probably did. For, um, you know, internet con appearances because mm-hmm. I was going wow I wonder why creation isn't doing this and galaxy con is doing them regularly and it's not just bill oh no they have I was going to say so here is the schedule I'm looking at their schedule through uh September so that's the rest of this month and then into September and it's so many things it's all these different fandoms mm-hmm. uh, once upon a time my hero academia jessica jones doctor who although they they don't have um any of the doctors it's the companions mm-hmm. um they have will wheaton live so he's getting a whole thing by himself which I think is kind of cool yep. yeah yeah high five will wheaton uh, yeah um they've got deep space 9 they've got uh the boys they've got Tim Curry live experience. I don't know. I might tune in for that. I might have to see that. Yeah. And then uh, at the end of September is Next Gen. And they're going to have Jonathan Frakes and John Delancey and some other people. So they, they're they really cleaning up GalaxyCon. And I think it's great mm-hmm. that they're doing this. And people should take advantage. I mean, God, that's right. it's free. Just do it. I mean, people into, you know, science fiction and fandom, they are amazingly creative. And I'm glad they're they're saying, we got to keep this going. And here's how we're going to do it. You know? Yeah. I think that's and great. And I think, I think people like bill are just loving it <laughs> you know i like we said before he doesn't have to do a damn thing he just has to sit at his kitchen table with his computer and talk to people talk and get to the paid screen and, and get paid and he loves it yeah well who wouldn't this. yeah i'd love if somebody was paying us for this and i'd get a decent computer i'm <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of doctor who yes did you hear this? David Tennant was just interviewed, and they asked, you know, what's something he would like to do? And he said he'd love to be on Star Trek. I, he wants to be on everything. He, I know, he is, he is. but I think if they want to introduce a new member of the queue, that's mm-hmm. who it should be. He'd be very good for that. That would he be good. He really, really would. And speaking of David Tennant, uh, he and Michael Sheen presented some of the BAFTA awards in England. Oh, okay. Uh, And of course they couldn't have it in purpose. And so they did it in the format that they did that miniseries staged. Which I still haven't watched, but go ahead. Oh my God. It's so funny. I mean to. But their presentation of the awards was just as good. You oh. know, the the two of them just sort of being uh, prickly with each other and mm-hmm. th- hurling insults around. And <laughs> oh, it was just good. Really, oh, really. So funny. they're turning into a real comedy team. 
they are. They're a duo now. I think if you hire one, you have to hire the other. That's that's the rule. <laughs> They're going to be like um the Lunts of uh, the 21st century science fiction or something. And again, never leaving their house, doing it all from their kitchen tables and their laptops. Do you want to host an award show from your kitchen table? Yes, please. Uh, yes. I will do that. Is it okay if I'm eating breakfast while I do it? <laughs> I don't have to, like, change out of my hoodie, right? No? Right. Okay, great. Let's do it. I think that sounds good. Yeah. Okay, so that's all very good. Uh, let's see. Um, you wanted to mention briefly that Bill's going to be on Shark Week. Yeah, I heard something, read something about Bill's going to be on Shark Week. And apparently this part of Shark Week... They talked about it a little on the Bill Tyson thing, another thing to find puzzling. Um, but this already happened on Monday where um, Mike Tyson fought a shark. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what for? I don't know, because the world is so strange that, yeah, okay. anything goes. But I haven't been able, you know, I've looked at the listings to see if there's a night when Bill is, I don't know, part of the panel of shark people i've never seen shark week so i don't know what goes on and i don't okay. see him listed anywhere so i have no idea all right uh, that's really weird what's going on with shark week yeah well he's obviously not going to be doing anything like he's not out there in the ocean or on a boat or anything like that he's just cooped up at home so who yeah knows? who knows okay i really want to talk about this this movie thing the so movie poster? I, I, the movie poster, I want yes. you to introduce it, and then I am going to follow on because I have more information that you will you will enjoy. Okay, so this was on Flickering Myth. William Shatner and Jerry Ryan battle demons in trailer for The Tomb, Devil's Revenge. And until this minute, I didn't realize there was a trailer, so I haven't watched that. But um, then there's the poster, which I can't see because I can't scroll down to it. So, <laughs> could, well, can... I am looking at the poster. Okay, good. I'm so pleased. Um, it's it's a UK poster, and the guy who made the movie is called Jared Cohn, and and the full name of the movie is The Tomb: Colon Devil's Revenge, and the poster shows. At the top, it says, from the writer of Star Trek, colon, The Next Generation, to The Tomb, except the word the is in the O of tomb, so it looks like tomb the. I um, know. It's bad. Uh, and there's Bill, and he's got his leather jacket on, and he's holding a torch. He looks like he's in a, a cave of some sort, and Jerry Ryan's standing behind him looking pretty uh, action-y, action-adventure-y. And then mm -hmm. there's some other guy next to her who I guess is Jason Brooks, and I don't know who he is. No, never heard of him. Uh, so here's what it says. John Brock is a down-on-his-luck archaeologist. <laughs> Does Aren't that they exist? All? Is... <laughs> Who returns from an expedition to the caves of rural Kentucky. Kentucky. Kentucky does after... have caves. Uh -huh. After unsuccessfully trying to locate a mysterious relic that his family has sought for generations, upon his return, John starts to see dreamlike visions of a ferocious bird-like creature from ancient folklore. John soon learns that the cave he came into contact with on his last expedition was indeed the cave that contains the relic and also a portal to hell and a place of worship for the occult. Just casually. Yeah. By the way, there's a portal to hell here. John discovers that the only way Currently to stop... Currently under repair. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> um, they have it coned off. There's some yellow tape yeah, around do not, it. Just do not enter. We know you um, go right in, so... The only, of course, the only way to stop the increasingly realistic visions is to go back to the cave with his family, find the relic once for all, and destroy it. So that's the plot of the whole movie. So Bill and Jerry Ryan are related to this guy? Uh, I think so. Let's see if I can find that. Or I is think... Bill the down on his locker? No, the, the down on his locker is Jason Brooks. I think his wife is Jerry Ryan and oh. William Shatner is his father-in-law. Okay. His character is the father-in-law. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, so I looked at this and I thought, wow, this looks like a piece of crap. And um, then I went to IMDb because I wanted to see if there was more detail. And so what I learned is that this movie actually was filmed quite a while ago. And the poster is for the UK premiere. 
this movie was actually released in 2019, October of 2019, in the United States. So really? It, yeah, it came and, it's and went. And this in the U.S.? It was just called Devil's Revenge. It was not called The Tomb, uh, the tomb Devil's Revenge. So they slightly retitled it. And uh, who knows, maybe they re-edited it, perhaps? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. It's hard to say. But the best part is that because it was actually released in the United States, there are user reviews. (gasps) (laughs) So I'd like to read some of those user reviews for you. Yeah, but I want to point out one thing about this poster that really strikes me. Uh Uh-huh. The artist really slimmed Bill down. (laughs) Yeah, he does look pretty good there. And also at the bottom it says, welcome to hell. And now we're going to have you read the reviews from the people who went to hell for this movie. Yeah, who went to hell and back. That is what happened. Now I will read to you a selection of these wonderful reviews. First, I will preface it by saying, out of the 12 reviews, most of them are rated one star out of 10. (laughs) Uh, The very first one, the title of the review is, Just Terrible! Quote, I thought some entertainment could have been found here, but no, an absurd script beyond stupid, poor directing, unlikable characters you don't care for, utterly cheap special effects, and backwoods location make this a complete waste of time. William Shatner was kind of funny playing an over-the-top soldier dad, and it was nice to see Jerry Ryan, a.k.a. Seven of Nine again. Although I like Star Trek and appreciated to see two of its characters in a totally different production, there isn't anything else Devil's Revenge has to offer. Next one. Also one out of ten stars. And the title of this review is, what? With a question mark. A terrible movie by any measure. Directing and editing create immense stretches of shots that add to the already far too long playtime. Although probably meant to give the illusion of a long travel, it's rather cemented in reality how terribly far Devil's Revenge had to travel to be a good movie. (laughs) Extremely irritating plot holes that are left to fester for the entire movie and plot pieces that seemingly had nothing to do with the main plot at all. (laughs) People disappear, and people just appear in the movie without any explanation. We have time to explore caves and rivers, but no time to explore rationality. Um, Shatner has a strange rant that I replayed several times, and I still have no idea what he was going on about. He was passionate. Oh, we got to get a recording of that. He was passionate, and Kirk swears, which I thought was very funny. Other than that, I gave up trying to figure it out. I simply didn't care what his character was trying to convey with his father's heirloom shotgun that he keeps in a dirty stable. Uh, flimsy plot devices with flimsy connections, white actors playing Aztecs, Aztecs with a shrine in a Kentucky cave system, conquistadors, <laughs> okay. really? I'm going to write to Will the Thrill <laughs> and ask him if he has seen this, because this sounds like it might be Oh, I impulse. think you're right about that. Um, final comment from this review. The best actor in this movie was the recreational vehicle. RV RV played such a convincing, filthy, and dilapidated Southwind that I nearly wept. So good. So very, very funny. Uh, Let's see. This is a 5 out of 10 stars. Okay. Title, not very good, but worth a look for Shatner fans. Uh Yay, that's us. Why didn't they just send us a copy? (laughs) Well... One cannot expect much with a low-budget contemporary horror like this. In any case, the film had a few worthy moments, like some gore scenes and a few atmospheric glimpses of the bad guys. Star Trek Voyager's Jerry Ryan is here in a largely contrived and forgettable role. Most of the movie seems nonsensical, but everything turns out relatively fine when William Shatner comes in with a solid, trademarked, over-the-top performance and some killer lines. While his participation lasted much longer than one would expect, for me, his presence made the whole thing worthwhile. Okay. So that was pretty good. Uh, Let's see. Here's a... Okay, so I'll I'll read one more. Oh, two more. Okay. This is a three out of ten. And the title is, A Re-Edit Could Salvage It, and William Shatner is stunning, as always. I like that. Stunning. Mm. Great acting by William Shatner. I almost thought he was impersonating my dad for a minute, as he always really sells his character. I don't know what that means. (laughs) 
Um, unfortunately, though, the director was not quite as talented and the editor even less so. Post-production team gets a D. I felt like the director and editor didn't care about the final result of all the effort that went into the rest of the movie. The director didn't spend much time writing a script and the other actors didn't do much in the way of ad-libbing, but that is neither here nor there. It could be saved, but it needs a new score and a re-edit, which I'd like to personally do because with some modifications, this movie could actually have been scary. Hmm... So here's the last one, and you'll like this because Nicolas Cage gets mentioned. Um, (laughs) So this is a 2 out of 10, and the title is Devils, Mines, Monsters. (laughs) recapping the plot a down on his luck archaeologist returns from a cave expedition that contains a cursed relic that's also a portal to hell he discovers the only way to stop the curse on his family is to go back to the cave and destroy the relic is that enough reason to watch this movie what if i told you that william shatner plays his dad now you're in right yeah and it's indiana jones with right what if they threw in jerry no i'm sorry it's not it's it's national treasure because he brought his dad in (laughs) National Treasure plus Indiana Jones plus Satan. What if they threw in Jerry Ryan, Seven of Nine, herself, for you lovers of Star Trek? Now you're hooked, huh? John Brock is an archaeologist who returns from an expedition through the caves of rural Kentucky, blah, blah, blah. Um, Ever since American stars started making Italian and Japanese films, I've always loved it when they do scenes that have them alone, talking on the phone and not connected to any of the characters in the movie that they're in. This movie follows suit. That said, the monsters are awesome, and Shatner is as crazy as you want him to be. I I dream of the day that he and Nicolas Cage get together to emote in a movie that makes even less sense than this one. Oh, okay. I just went to a website called Real Uh Good that is very useful because you can type in the name of any movie and it will tell you where you can stream it. This isn't streaming anywhere <laughs> under either of its names. That bad, huh? Guess oh, so. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, I'll even the nothing but crap streaming sites. I'll, don't have I'll have a look around. You know, there might be a, a yeah, less than legal yeah. way to get hold of it. Um, but yeah, it sounds really, really bad. So who? I wonder if they did re-edit it for release in England to try to make it slightly better. That's pretty funny. <laughs> because they're British. Yeah. <laughs> Give them a big hand. They're, they're British. British. Um, <laughs> somewhere in the in the the blurb that goes with this poster, it says this was written by a guy who wrote for. That's Next right. Gen. I forgot to mention that. So yes, it was written by Maurice Hurley, who was. I don't know. Who so that is. he was the um, initially in first couple seasons the initial head writer and showrunner so gene roddenberry had picked him to do that and he had quite a lot of influence on it but he was also the guy who um, made gates mcfadden leave because he was so mean to her and a lot of other people didn't like him as well uh and the first couple seasons were that's crappy. right and then he left after the second season um and things sort of changed after that so uh-huh. You know, in a way, yeah, I guess he was instrumental in making sure that TNG happened. But in another way, he just wasn't very good. And I <laughs> don't know. Uh, I don't know how they got Bill to do this movie. Now, it was filmed in Kentucky, right? So maybe uh-huh. he was there and they, as typically they do, they drove a dump truck full of money up to his house. And they said, hey, Bill, do you want to spend like three days working on this movie? And they filmed all his scenes real quick. And that yep. was it. And who? I bet he and Jerry Ryan are not even in scenes together, right? They're probably <laughs> filmed separately. And oh, or through movie magic, it looks it like looks they're like together. they're together. Yeah, exactly. We've got to get our hands oh, on this. Wait, thing. so uh, so wait, there's wait, more. I just clicked through from IMDb, and this is included on Amazon Prime. Well, why didn't it come? It, it, okay, I'm gonna watch um, it. I'm looking. I've got Amazon. I'm looking at it. Can we watch it together? (laughs) We could. We could do a watch party. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. 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 Let's discuss off, off. uh, Yeah. Amazon Prime. You could also buy it on DVD for ten bucks. Um, I wonder. I wonder what the DVD extras uh, are. I. I don't know. The reviews on Amazon. (laughs) <laughs> are just as amazing as the ones that I probably, I, I just read you. Um, they have titles like, Oh Dear God, Make It Stop. Um, 
probably the best comedy of this century. Uh, my eyes, my eyes, please get me some bleach. Um, Do you think um, Bill's horses are in it? Since oh, they're in that's a really good point. I wouldn't be surprised if he managed to cram some uh, horse riding in there. Yeah. Wow. All right. So that's that's going to happen. Um, oh, my Yeah, God. Devil's Revenge. Wow. <sighs> Bill, the things we okay, do Okay, Amazon Prime, you are about to get hit up. <laughs> All right. Well, after that amazing experience, let's take a little break. Let's And do then that. we're going to come back and talk about some other fun stuff, including Lower Decks. Space, a final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Listeners, we would love to hear from you. Send us email at lookathisbutt at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and leave us a comment. Tell us your Trek news. Let's talk a little bit, listeners, about those panels at Comic-Con because they were good. And once again, if you miss them, they are up there forever. So you can go and watch, listen to them anytime you want to. There were three that we had talked about before. Uh, the first one was pretty much focused on Discovery. They had a lot of the panel made up of the people in the show and then a couple of the scriptwriters and showrunners. And they just talked about what they're going to be doing. Um, Ethan Peck was there and Anson Mount was there and they talked a little bit about what's going to happen with Strange New Worlds. They had, the next panel was um, about, this was weird. I thought this was sort of misbilled and it was supposed to be about ladies of Starfleet. Right. And it wasn't. It was a bunch of writers talking about the Star Trek novels that they'd written and they were all women. And that was cool. Like okay. I enjoyed it and it was good, but it wasn't, like, that's not what it was advertised as. So mm -hmm. that was a little strange. Um, there was some Picard stuff. Uh, and that was cool. Here's the weird thing, though. And I don't know whose idea this was. But both for Discovery and Picard, they were doing script readings. Right. And I saw part of one of those. Yeah. Is that a thing that people want? <laughs> Damned if I know, because I sure did not find it interesting. I didn't find it interesting at all, um, because they're just reading off a script, and not all the people were there, and mm -hmm. you're seeing it without the special effects and the music and everything, and, you know, they're just reading it. They're not acting, although some people were putting a little more acting into it. Mm -hmm. I would rather listen to them talk than have them do that. Well, maybe they were going, well, what are we going to talk about? You know, and this was an easy thing to do. Mm. And certainly what I saw was better than the one where other people were, were doing a similar thing, but drinking. Oh, yeah. When we watched that one, that was that was, yeah. that was funny. But I, I don't know. It was just, I think it's an odd thing to do for that. I, I get the idea of it, but in execution, mm -hmm. it's actually not that interesting. Maybe there were people who were like, ooh, this is so exciting to see the cast doing it. But for me, nah, it did not really do that. Mm -hmm. um, there were a couple of funny things that I wanted to mention, and then I'll talk about Bill's panel with NASA because that was really good. Uh, the first one was that... In the Picard thing, uh, they had most of the actors who were there. The guy who plays the um, the Romulan elf, yes, um, Evan, Dobby, Evan, yes, <laughs> Evan Evagora. So he's Australian, and he has a very cute Australian accent, and he's very young. I think he's the youngest cast member, and he had done some acting before this, but he had been a model because he's he's very good looking, and uh -huh. he said that he was super nervous the first couple days on set because he's working with all these people and with Patrick Stewart, and he said, Patrick. 
excuse me, Sir Patrick makes a point of, you know, going around and introducing himself to everybody. And he came up to, to Evan and he said, hi, I'm Patrick Stewart. And Evan said, good, thanks. And walked away. <laughs> oh, I love it. Which, and he said it was the most embarrassing thing I'd ever done. So <laughs> just, I thought that was so, so funny. <laughs> so relatable oh my goodness yep. you know i i am sure that patrick and anyone who's really famous gets that a lot. oh i'm sure you know those type of strange reactions where people say you're my biggest fan right you yes know. exactly yes so, but i just love <laughs> oh, that oh but that's so cute what a cute story <laughs> the other thing was that it was so the the people were the mixture of the the new folks but then um, marina sirtis and jonathan frakes were there and every time they started calling Patrick Stewart like Sir Patrick, or as they abbreviated it, SPS, which I really <laughs> loved. The two of them were like, stop it, stop it. He's going to be unbearable. You can't do that. <laughs> um, and Marina Sirtis was just um, unrelenting with insulting mm -hmm. him, but in just such a funny way. Because as they were going around, um, you know, they were introducing each other. And after Evan said that, um, they were joking that he knew everybody's first name, but not everybody's last name. And she said to him, you still haven't learned most people's surnames, but we'll let that go because you're very old. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Oh, so good. So uh, I would say if you like that kind of stuff, it's worth it to just watch her and Frakes ragging on him. It was very good. Mm -hmm. And he was laughing the loudest of all as they were saying these things. So that was great. Um, I Yes, I thoroughly enjoyed that. But please don't do any more script readings that way. It's just not good. Yeah. So the last thing was Bill um, moderating this NASA panel. And so there were several... Uh, astronauts there, people who have been up in space and on the space station, and then a couple of people who were ground-based who were uh, engineers and designing things. There was one woman who was basically in charge of the spacesuits, making sure that everything was going to work and making sure they were designed correctly. Um, out of the five people that he was talking to, three of them were women, which was super cool. Like, yay, a NASA panel that's majority women. I love it. Mm -hmm. And Bill is just so good when he does these sorts of things. They, the people were all super enthusiastic and talking about going to the moon and going to Mars and how they're going to do certain things. And did you know this, that the plan, that NASA's plan is to build a space station that orbits the moon? And use it as like a launching yeah. place for the rest of the adventures? I knew, I knew that. I didn't know it was going to orbit the moon. Yeah. I thought it was going to... Uh beyond the moon. Well, but. that's the next step, but the very first thing they're going to do is have like ah. an, a space station that orbits the moon, and that's where they're going. They're, they're going to make that happen first, and I was like, that's amazing. I didn't know anything about that. No, was, that's cool. Yeah, so that was cool. And so, what I loved most about Bill moderating this panel is, as these people who, as I said, were highly enthusiastic, started to get into talking about something. They instinctively slipped into their jargon or assumed knowledge of whatever was going to happen. And Bill's like, slow down. Whoa, 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 whoa. Explain <laughs> this to me one step at a time. What are you talking about? And it was oh, good. Good for him. It, yeah. was, it was really good. As a, and For me, not knowing any of this stuff, it was great to have him just have them break it down into smaller mm -hmm. chunks so you could understand it. And of course, he's very interested in all these things and knows a little bit about some of it. So it was really interesting and fun. So if you're interested in what NASA's doing and their plans for going to the moon and going to Mars, I would definitely recommend tuning into this because it was super informative. I was also really pleased to see that, again, the woman who's in charge of the spacesuits made a point of saying that the way they make spacesuits now is that they're modular so that you can adjust the sizes on things, which is very, cool. very important because that's been a huge problem for the women yeah. astronauts is that all of the stuff has been designed for men. And if you're smaller, it doesn't fit you. Mm hmm. So Very good. they've taken all that into account. So that was great. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. And like you said before, every time we've gone to one of these space panels, it's just really interesting. Super cool yeah. stuff. It's a bunch of intelligent people who are very passionate yes, about the topic. Exactly. So that was great. So that was that. 
uh, go watch, listen, and uh, gosh, you know, maybe there will be a Comic-Con next year. Who knows what will happen, but uh, we'll stay tuned for more things like this where there are good panel discussions. Well, I've read something that said they did not get the number of people you know, listening mm. into this or watching these things as they would have expected. Mm-hmm. And I thought one of the reasons, and they just can't duplicate this experience, I don't think, is one of the big reasons people go to these cons is not really to visit the dealer's room, which is another reason they lost people, I think, maybe, or to listen to panels or things like that. It's to meet up with their friends. Sure. And all their other Trekkies that they know from all over the world. And that element was gone completely. And I think for a lot of people, they went, eh, you know? Yeah. Uh, Plus, as I was just saying, these things are available. It's not like you had to be there and then you'll never see it again. Right. Right. You know, I wonder what kind of replay they're getting. This this stuff was mo- a lot of it was happening on a Saturday morning, and who's mm-hmm. going to give up their Saturday mornings? I mean, even with quarantine and everything like that, it's a lot to ask people to sit at their computer for four hours straight to mm-hmm. watch a bunch of panels when you know you can just come back and watch it later. You're not going to miss anything. Yep. True. True. It's different from those Galaxy Con appearances where they are not recorded. Or if they are, they're mm-hmm. not made publicly available after the fact. Like, you got to be there. And if you miss it, yep. too bad. You don't get to see it again. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Moving on. Let's talk about Star Trek films. Yes. Yeah, so now we're going to talk about what's going on with the films. Because there are either three or four, depending on which article you read. I'm choosing to do four for completeness. Okay, the Tarantino movie. It's going to take place... In a 1930s gangster setting. Uh, okay. Episode could that be based on? <laughs> uh, Tarantino probably will not direct, but he might produce. So that's that's basically all that we knew from that. Yeah, I'm I'm just not that excited about it, honestly. Well, well you know, it depends. I mean, I like Tarantino, mm. and I think that that could be a fun follow-up one. And we could use some light Star Trek, you know? Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, it could be. If, if it's played correctly and it's not too overly broad and stupid, it could be good. Yeah. Okay, the one by Holly um, has probably been pulled due to it was going to be about a pandemic, <laughs> pandemic that is sweeping through the universe. Mm-hmm. So that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, probably not the best uh, thing that you want to be producing right now. I don't know. (laughs) You know, when the guy was writing it, I mean, he obviously started long before it became reality. So, you know, Uh but he is very busy Mm -hmm. um, because uh, he is the producer, writer, showrunner or something of Fargo, which is a television show I really love. And he's writing two other books and I really enjoyed his first book. So I don't think we have to cry too many tears for him. Mm Now, Robert Salen was one of the producers of Wrath of Khan, the real one, <laughs> not the Benedict Cumberbatch one. Uh-huh. And um, he says he's working on it, and he reveals nothing about it, and that he's talked to people about it. But from what I've seen, nobody else is talking about mm. it. So not too much to know there. And finally, Star Trek Four, <laughs> i.e., Another uh, JJ track. One of the sticking points for moving ahead with Star Trek Four is the high price the main cast mm-hmm. members fetch, particularly Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth, mm-hmm. the latter of whom at one time was expected to reprise George Kirk in a time travel adventure where James T. Kirk would come face to face with his father. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the one that sounds like it might happen. Now, there has been a shakeup at Paramount. Mm-hmm. And there is a new person in charge of everything, like at the top. And they are all trying to figure out what to do with Star Trek. Because the feeling is, although almost all the movies made money, they didn't make Star Wars type money mm-hmm. or Marvel movies type mm-hmm. money. So they feel they haven't made it the strongest franchise they could possibly make it. And I'm thinking, well, you're being very narrow-minded and stupid, 
because just because you're science fiction doesn't mean you have to make that kind of money. Mm-hmm. But if you want to keep making sequels, you know, more and more of them, you do have to make money. Also, there's all these TV shows of them. Now, I, I know those are two completely separate things, but one feeds the other. And if the TV shows are successful, you're building more and more audience for movies and vice versa. And now Star Trek, I think, has branded itself so well as Star Trek. It's not like, well, I'm not going if Patrick Stewart isn't in it because I'm only interested in the Picard show. It's like, oh, more Star Trek. What is it? Is it lower text? Is it something new? You know, we just go and, and watch it. So it's almost like its own studio. So, you know, I feel like both sides have to keep producing. And over the long term, yeah, they'll make a lot of money. And I think they have. I mean, the movies had continued to make money, especially given how many times the the original six movies have been repackaged, right? That they were sold on VHS and then they were sold on DVD and then they were sold on Blu-ray and then they did special editions and director's commentaries. How many versions of Wrath of Khan are there? You know, there's like a dozen that you can buy that are all different. And I think they still continue to sell because Mm -hmm. people like to collect those things. So, And the thing is, the ones they haven't done, you're always having fans ask for. Mm -hmm. That's right. So, yes, all of those things. Now, interestingly, um, when this came up in the news recently, our good friend Mike Hall said on Twitter that he thinks, and, and I, I kind of agree and I kind of don't agree, that he thinks that Star Trek has television built into its DNA, that mm-hmm. the concept of Star Trek just lends itself more to episodic storytelling than it does to movie storytelling, which is a different thing, right? It's just yeah. got different beats. It's It's got a different structure to it and the most successful Star Trek movies are kind of episodes that got pulled longer in good ways like Wrath of Khan and the one with the whales and you know when they didn't Mm -hmm. succeed so well it was an episode that just didn't really deliver like maybe five (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know so I think there is something to that that it takes just the right kind of person to understand how to translate the inherent televisionness of Star Trek into a movie. And some people just haven't been able to do it. And you just need to be very careful about it. Not everybody can take Star Trek and make a movie out of it. Um, I think I agree with Mike almost 100%. Because mm. um, the, the people I think of as being able to translate it successfully are um, Leonard mm-hmm. and uh, the guy who, who saved the whole franchise with Wrath of Khan, and I'm blanking Nick, on his Nick name. Nick Meyer. Nick Meyer, thank you. Yeah. Um, because they both, Leonard was able to do it because he's been in it from the start, mm-hmm. and he takes it all, even though there's humor, he takes it all seriously. Mm-hmm. And also, Leonard is a good director. He's directed other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Meyer... I don't know, it has a natural genius for it or whatever, but I think the smartest thing he did was when he accepted the project or was thinking about it was he re- he went and watched every episode yeah. of TOS, mm-hmm. probably thinking, you know, I need to get to know these characters in these situations, and as luck would have it, there was one that jumped out at him that said, we need more of this story. Mm-hmm. So... That's what I'm interpreting this television in its DNA. That's one aspect of it is you have to make sure you're connecting to some mm-hmm. of those things and not in a, um, you know, a, a cheap sort of, if, you know, just for the fans sort of way, yeah. but in ways that make storytelling sense yeah. and character sense. I, I, and the more they try to be a Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie or anything, the farther away they're getting from Star Trek. And why would we want another set of Marvel movies and another set of all these other movies, DC movies and everything else, when we've got this other unique thing? Yeah. I, I Just thinking about it now, the way you're framing it, the the thing, again, sorry, everyone, but we hate that first J.J. Abrams movie so much. Oh, God. But, but that movie, to me, another reason why it's not a Star Trek movie is because it's more of like a hero's journey kind of movie. And that's not what Star Trek is about. It's not about taking 
the person from their humble beginnings and seeing how they turn into a starship captain. Like, I'm not interested in that. I'm really, really not. I want to see everybody working together in the mm-hmm. universe that I know. I am not interested in the fake hero's journey for that. That's not Star Trek to me. The thing that makes that so hateful to me is that they, they flipped the roles of Kirk and Spock, mm-hmm. where is Spock is the one who's solving everything and gets into the, the fights with the villain and, and everything else. And, you know, Kirk is, is kind of a doofus. <laughs> really? And that's mm-hmm. just... No. Yeah, I, know. I, I agree. And I think it all goes back to Abrams description of well he never really got Kirk so he made a Kirk that he could understand Mm -hmm. and I'm like okay you're too stupid to be involved (laughs) with Star Trek you know on uh, various TV stations uh, they have started back at the beginning of Star Trek again so Mm -hmm. uh, the man trap was on the other night uh, where no man was on the other night and naked time was on last night so Uh I watched a little bit of them and it's really interesting how some of the stuff that they tried hard to include in the very first half of the first season kind of fell away afterwards and I'm a little bit sorry about that because if you remember in those episodes, um, not so much in Where No Man, but definitely in Naked Time and in Man Trap, there's some really nice crew interaction where, uh, you know, Rand is talking to Sulu and uh, mm-hmm. Sulu is talking to O'Reilly. And they're just, you know, they're just talking to each other and interacting. And it's not very long. It's not long yeah. scenes, but it's nice to show them. You know, here's life on a starship. And I wish there had been a little more of that. And I know it's hard. You only have so much time and Mm -hmm. you can't give everybody lines. But it would have been nice to see a little bit more of that. And I'm sure the actors, those actors loved that. Oh, yeah, of course. They were getting, you know, a conversation with another actor, you know, and and it made it to the cut. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. There there definitely should have been more. I I was... complaining about that in uh, because of quarantine trying to catch up on some media I've been watching a lot of old Doctor Who like from mm-hmm. the, the 80s when it some episodes were really bad and uh-huh. um, there are times when they actually allow the actors to have little moments with each other and it's so nice when they do oh. you know just like come on 15 seconds to just have them do a little exchange and mm-hmm. it adds so much to the depth and the actors of course are always complaining it's like oh they never wrote anything for me and it just seems so easy to put that stuff in once in a while yeah, it really rounds yeah. things out anyway just an observation okay so we will keep you posted as we uh, learn more mm-hmm. about the movies and what's happening but uh until there's uh, a vaccine <laughs> and and a hell of a lot of people have taken it and maybe we've made it through a whole season, a whole year or flu season or something, although this doesn't seem like it has a season mm-hmm. um, with, you know, very minimal numbers and being able to handle them. I don't see a lot of filming going on, no, you know. They have started doing some filming in England. Um, mm-hmm. I just read their, their they just... Um, are starting filming again on that show that's on uh, what is it HBO or something called The Witcher. Henry Cavill is in it. I don't okay, watch it. Yeah, but I have. I know about that, it. But... Yeah, so that's apparently they're starting that again. Um, but let's talk about a series that doesn't require actors to be on set and filming it. And that series is called Lower Decks because it's all animated. Yes. So, oh yes, delightful. I loved it. I just thought it was so so funny. I totally identify with Mariner, one of our main characters, because she is just like me in every way, including the (laughs) fact that, like, she has the sleeves of her uniform sort of rolled up. And I was like, I do that. That's what I do with my sleeves. Um, It's it's really, really good. And it's also filled with so many Easter eggs. I mean, every single thing is in there. My only complaint about it is that I wish the actors would talk a little more slowly. <laughs> yes, yes, that's one of those things, you know, I have to watch with the uh, subtitles mm-hmm. turned on because yeah. they are z- zipping along. But I I enjoyed it so much. And the thing is, um, there aren't a, a lot of people, or they're, they're well outnumbered, but the people who write um, comic fanfic, mm-hmm. 
this is like the best of that it because is. it grabbed so many tropes and things, you know, from stories like that without feeling like, oh, they ripped off, you know, whoever here. It's it's very fanficy, at but in a good way, not in a fan service ugh, sort of way. Mm-hmm. And making up these things like you know the the cetacean ops. <laughs> oh, so many good things about it. Um, I loved that they totally went deep on the things that people always say. So the, the whole sequence in the holodeck, you know, where it's like, oh, uh-huh. we could go to Hawaii or we could go to the central place on Orion or we could do this. And then as soon as uh, Boimler leaves, she's like, okay, this is my program. This is the, <laughs> what was it? The the all nude Olympic training gym. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what people would be using the holodeck for. Of course of they would. Of course. Oh, thank you for acknowledging. They wouldn't that. be playing Sherlock Holmes no, or detective or cowboy. No, not at all. So funny. So very, yes. very, very funny. And yes, when your junior crew people go to a space station, they are going to be buying up all the contraband and dragging it back <laughs> to the ship because that's what people do. So yeah. Oh. Yep. So good. Um, and I loved all the characters, you know, incorporating so many different things. You know, there are a lot of different species on there. Um, people with implants, you know, a couple of people had Geordie visors and, and other right, sorts and of things. Right, and that he's new to being a cyborg. <laughs> so that was good. Um, I love that, it, you know, things go from... Um, normal to red alert in about a tenth of a second when the virus comes on and like the entire crew gets turned into um zombies just like yeah things you couldn't do of course in regular live action but because it's animation they take full advantage of the fact that things get yeah, crazy pull out the stops, oh, you know? so good so i am definitely looking forward to more of that um totally surprised that mariner turns out to be the captain's daughter well, that's another thing that makes it very fanfic. I know. And also that her dad is like an admiral or something and not mm-hmm. on the ship. And I loved it when the captain said, well, she's your daughter, too. Like, okay, <laughs> this is definitely setting up something cool. Yes. <sighs> yes. So, Like I said, absolutely delightful. And uh, I loved when I think it was Mariner was quizzing the new person on, you know, the history of the Federation. Mm. <laughs> it was things like Gary Mitchell. <laughs> yep, all of it. <laughs> Which I believe was supposed to be sort of top secret. But <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, some, so there have been a number of articles with all these Easter eggs in it. And yes. um, I'll put a link into one of them because it just showed uh, various other things. But they pointed out that very thing that you said, which was that nobody is supposed to know what happened to Mitchell. So how did she know about Mitchell? Hmm. Well, maybe she overheard her dad talking. About uh, maybe. Her. I don't know. It's good. Um, I also really like the fact that when the the zombies are sort of vomiting black goo or whatever, yes. um, there's a guy who gets it on his face and he's a Vulcan and he looks like Mirror Spock because it forms a goatee on him. Yes. That was... And then somebody gets some in their eye. Yep. I mean, it's just little, you know, it's mm-hmm. the little things. <laughs> and it's good because, yeah, they are talking very fast, but even visually, you have to stay alert. You have to pay attention mm-hmm. because things are going by. So fast. Oh, so good. Yes. So I I am glad they did a good job. It was really good. It wasn't, um, it wasn't stupid. Like the humor was smart and it was funny and it moved right along. Mm -hmm. It it wasn't like cynical, awful humor that I find in Mm -hmm. a lot of current animation where it's just mean jokes at other people's expense. Mm. It wasn't that. It still Mm -hmm. felt like Star Trek, right? It still felt kind of like we're going out into space and being optimistic and doing the things that we're supposed to do. So I I think they really nailed it. And and, uh, one of the things I loved was when uh, Boimler was called up to the bridge. (laughs) And he was like excited and happy but terrified. Uh Oh, my God. That was perfect. It was so good. Yeah, they only call him up there whenever something spills. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So good. So, yeah, big thumbs up from me, that's for sure. That's right. Yeah, I loved it. Um, 
So, so that's on. That's going to be every week for a while. And then Discovery is coming back in October. So a couple of months. That's for not that. too far yeah. off. And then. Time has no meaning anymore. Uh, anyway, it's so. true. Um, no idea when Picard is coming back. Probably not until sometime like mid 2021. And then same for Strange New Worlds because they can't film. They're writing scripts, but they can't actually do anything. Oh, just yesterday, after we had already set up our list, I read something about they might not be doing the um, Section 31 show. Oh, really? Uh, Well, you haven't heard anything about it in a while. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that would be disappointing, but, you know. Yeah. That's the one I wasn't, like, really enthused about, but... Well, entertainment is in a very strange place right now. Oh, I did see an article that um, Alex Kurtzman was saying he wants to do more short treks. Yes, yeah. yes. So I hope that they continue to do that because that would mm-hmm. be awesome. As we have discussed many times, and we've got lots of ideas for short treks, so come and talk <laughs> to us. We always have yeah. lots of ideas. We can, yes, we can tell yes. you how that should go. Oh, my goodness. I think that wraps up our list. It has been a lot of stuff, but it's been very exciting. So much Star Trek stuff oh, happening. Yeah. So much happening with Star Trek and with Bill. And now we have a new terrible Bill movie to watch. That's correct. It's very, very exciting. All right. So I think we're going to wrap it up. We will leave you with this. We are going to do another watch along and that watch along is going to be uh, sexy bill. So one thing we're definitely going to watch is out to lunch uh, because some people may not have seen it. I know a lot of you have, but we'll, we'll watch it from the YouTube video that I personally uploaded. So that'll be good. Um, And it may take longer than the half hour that it is or 25 minutes because we may have to stop it to completely analyze mm. Bill's flirtation technique. That is know. true, yeah. So it might have commentary. That's right. You know, more than usual. So, yep. anyway. Uh, yeah, especially when he puts the sugar cube into the... <sighs> yeah, anyway. Uh, so there's a lot. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to break down. We might want to talk about that. Uh, but we're going to put up a poll on the Facebook site to ask you guys... What would you like to see? Because there's a lot of different things that we could watch. We can watch some short clips that are also on YouTube, some of which we've uploaded and other people have. Bill Eats Pudding, you know. But those those things are only like a few minutes. And so if you want to watch something longer, we could certainly do it. Uh, Maybe we could watch The Explosive Generation, where Bill plays the the hip young uh, history teacher or whatever he's supposed to be doing. You know, he's in that movie quite a lot. I think we need to watch the sex scene from Big Bad Mama. We could do that. Uh, I'll have to, you know, find it. So we we want your input on what we could watch because we'd like to know what you think would be a fun thing to do. Yes. So and we are excited. Yes. So we will do that. And then, of course, we'll put up all the usual event stuff and we'll have the link on the day. Uh, as always, 2.7 is the thing that we use. Seems to work better in Firefox than in some other browsers. But we've been having a great time doing it. And we would love you guys to join us to watch some Bill stuff. It'll be fun. So. Next Friday, which happens to be August 21st, and it will probably be the same time. I think we've been doing it um, late afternoon or early evening seems to be best for people. Right. And we are aware that everybody's in different time zones. We just try to cover as much as we can. Yeah, so everybody can make it. So we we look forward to seeing you then. In the meantime, please continue to send us email, send us comments, visit us on the Facebook group. We'd love to hear from you. And we will be back uh, after the watch along with another episode. So let us know what you'd like us to talk about. And let us know what you thought about Lower Decks, because I'm sure you guys all watched it. Yes. So, yes, let us know. We want to hear from you. Okay. Till next time, it's Live Live Long long and... and Prosper. Hot luck. (laughs) You see, my mind is just gone, you know. It's just me and Jack sort of floating through the universe. (laughs) 